Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I don't know what it is, if it's this time of year, if it's like, yeah. just like, I don't know if Mercury's in retrograde or something, but we got no. some weird news yeah. yesterday. A lot of just kind of like strange stuff. Not bad. Like, not, none of it's bad news. It's just no, like... just a collection of weirdness. Yeah, lots and lots of weirdness, which we will get into here in a second. But of course, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon, we of course will have... All of our episodes dropping there before they hit everywhere else. On Thursday, I have a return interview with the one and only Rupert Holmes after I Ooh, spoke with him wow. and he sang my name yeah. last fall. I am talking to him about his new novel that is coming out this month, hmm. which I have read and it's fantastic. Wow. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and we will uh, have that in Patreon before you can hear it anywhere else. All right. So I woke up this morning. Or on Tuesday morning, because we're recording on Tuesday, obviously. Thank you. Yeah, obviously, I'm I'm speaking now, so clearly I woke up. Um, And I had a text message from my friend Annie, who lives in Los Angeles. So when she sent it at, um, I guess it was, she sent it at 1.24 a.m. So that was my time. It was late at night. She sent me a screenshot. Help me if I, on the pronunciation of this, it's a like, it's like a blind item uh, TikTok or Instagram. Is it Dumois? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She sent me a, a screenshot from Dumois that said, La La Land opening on Broadway will be announced tomorrow. Oh. And Annie just said, OMG, is this real? I told her, I have <laughs> I not know, heard anything yeah. <laughs> about this. I know nothing about this. Yeah. I mean, so so I don't think it's real. Guess what? It's real. It's real. Uh, I didn't know it started in Dumois, though. That's interesting. Well, so this comes out. It was confirmed. It was reported by both the New York Times and Deadline that a Broadway musical take on the six-time Oscar-winning movie, but not Best Picture winner, La La Land, is in development from producer Mark Platt. The show, of course, is based on the Damien Chazelle movie musical that starred Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. It will be directed. Here's where it gets interesting. By Bart Shear. Who, this is not the type of thing that I would necessarily associate Bart with. Eh, um, I don't know. But he certainly knows. I would, I think? feel like. Yeah, that was, I think, I think the existence of this was surprising, but his attachment to me yes. wasn't. I don't know why, okay. though. Okay. I guess just yeah, the, big, I, the big, flashy kind of yeah. musical of it all. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Um, what, here's where it gets a little interesting, though. The book will be written by Pulitzer Prize winner Ayad Akhtar and Barrymore Award winner Matthew Decker, which, again, going outside the box on on, in terms of writing the book, of course, it will feature the music from the film, uh, which is by composer Justin Hurwitz, and then the lyrics are by Pasek and Paul. Um, I think my confusion with what Annie sent me from Dumois yesterday was like, they made it sound like it was opening on Broadway this spring. That does not <laughs> appear to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that does not appear to be the case. Um, it, it is something that is in development, which makes a lot more sense. This thing has been doing uh, La La Land in concert tours for six years, going around to different right. symphony spaces and pairing it with scenes and songs from the movie. That so would be this pretty is some- funny slash incredible if we just woke up today and they announced yeah. tonight – La La Land was opening on Broadway. Starring Ryan Gosling yeah, and yeah, yeah. Emma Stone. Exactly. But, I mean, it 
it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities if they said, guess what? This is opening in in April. I mean, we had something very similar with sure, Room. Sure, we have where, enough. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had like a week of notice at most, like behind the scenes that Room was coming. And it still is kind of shocking to me. So I guess it could have, but it does not appear that that will be the case here. Uh, but it does look like La La Land, the musical, will be coming to Broadway in the very near future. And with a creative team like that and with a producer like Mark Platt, Mark Platt behind it, I think it's a pretty safe bet that this exactly. will eventually happen. Yeah, it's certainly happening. You don't have that creative team, especially past Compal at this point, uh, it, where that show doesn't end up on Broadway. It was still incredibly surprising because I just, I, the movie's fine. Like, I, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. I, I didn't have, there was some real antagonism against it, and there were also, ex- you know, extreme proponents of it, and I really don't understand either side. It was a perfectly fine movie. Um, I'll tell so you what was, I'll I, tell you not, what was great about it though. Yeah. But what? I loved the, I loved the opening number. If that would have been the energy and the vibe of the whole yeah, film, sure, yeah. it would have been much better. I, it felt very, uh, I love when it uh, lost le- at the Oscars to Moonlight, surprisingly. <laughs> I kept waiting for the headlines to change all day today, yeah. saying that nope. it was actually a Moonlight musical. Just kidding. I mean, Barry Jenkins is a, a theater guy, so, yeah, you know, it's uh, true. whatever. But, um, Give him yeah, the world. I, I, La La Land is fine. Um, I love Emma Stone, love Ryan Gosling. I think they yeah, were great. Same, I don't same. think the film didn't do a whole lot for me, but I'm not a Damien Chazelle guy either. So. See, and I don't mind Damien Chazelle. I, I think it's just for so many people that really loved it, it was so far outside of their norm while it's hmm. kind of my job. <laughs> like, so it doesn't really, uh, unless it's something extremely spectacular of a movie musical or whatever you want to count that is. It doesn't, it didn't do much for me. Um, yeah. where I think for a lot of people, it was like, in the same way when The Artist came out in what, 2012, and it yeah. was a black and white silent movie, it was something new for the first time in a long time, which was yeah, actually just something very old. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think that's a fair way to look at it. Us musical theater people may not have gravitated towards it because we're so used to seeing musicals that this was something different and opened up that world to other people. And simultaneously, as a result of that, like, I I don't know how that's going to translate to a large stage like Broadway other than tourism and name recognition because it is therefore just more of the same as you see on stage every day. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that I think also could definitely bring people to musical theater more than they have in the past, a new equity casting notice went out for a new musical called Hell's Kitchen that is being developed by the public theater. What's interesting about this, it is being written by and is apparently based on the life of Alicia Keys. Now, I'm not 100% sure based off this casting notice because the public does not comment on works in progress if this is new music from Alicia Keys or it is music from her catalog. Yeah, but jukebox. Yeah, but she is involved. Obviously, it is based on her life. It features a book by the great playwright Christopher Diaz and is being directed by Michael Greif. Camille A. Brown is choreographing. Yes. Um, and it tells a story of... 
Ali, Ali, Alicia, I'm assuming that's the mm-hmm. her stand-in character, a young girl growing up in New York City's Hell's Kitchen in the 1990s. What's interesting about this audition notice is, one, it says that it is going to have a workshop um, run for three weeks that'll be happening between May 24th and June 18th of this year. But hmm. the vast majority of principals are already cast. So that means Allie, who has to be over 18, but convincingly play a 17 year old, um, Allie's mother, Jersey, uh, Nuck, Miss Liza Jane, Davis, Tiny, and Crystal have already been cast. Everybody else that they are seeking is an ensemble member. Hmm. So interesting. Why? I'm interested to see. They could have already had a really, yeah, exactly. Probably already have a really good cast together to get this progressing as quickly as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I am sure that this is something that will attract a star. Whether it is in the Alicia Keys role or not, because I could also see that being somebody who would be have a huge breakout opportunity and you surround totally, her with yeah. some some really seasoned vets. Uh, but again, interested to see what this is. Alicia Keys is, I mean, incredible. Excellent. So yeah. like the songs themselves we know will be fantastic. And to see somebody kind of step into her world will be very interesting. This feels different to me. And again, we don't know if these are going to be original songs or if it'll be things that she writes for this. But this feels different to me than like a beautiful or it feels different than, you know, Jersey Boys or the Share Show, which we're going to get to here in a minute. I don't know if that's just because yeah. it is being developed by the public that that gives it a little bit more of artistic credibility to me. But it does feel different yeah. than those more traditional Positive jukebox bias, bio musicals. I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, All right, let's move on to another story, and this one has to do with an off-Broadway show making its move to the big screen. On Tuesday, Deadline exclusively reported that there is a feature film adaptation of the off-Broadway play Amy and the Orphans, and Lindsay Ferentino, who is the playwright, is adapting it for the screen, and it will star the Theater World Award and Drama Desk Award-winning star of the stage play Jamie Brewer. Brewer who has Down Syndrome, became the first person to lead an off-Broadway show who has Down Syndrome in the history of New York theater. She will reprise her role as Amy in the show. Uh, three adult siblings who are very dysfunctional come together after the uh, death of their father. Amy is one of them. Interestingly enough, uh, also joining the cast in a new role written specifically for the film is Edward mm. Barbanel, who actually stepped into the main role for two performances every week in yeah. the show. The show shifted, and I didn't remember this. The show shifted yeah. its title to Andy and the Orphans. Oh, that's so, cute. I didn't know that. If I did, I'd forgotten. So uh, yeah, I'm not likewise. sure about that. But we we probably talked about it extensively. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Jason Bateman and Michael Costigan are developing and producing it. And I don't know if Jason Bateman is going to be in it or not. But this sounds uh, exciting. And I'm glad that, yeah. uh, that Brewer has the opportunity to continue along with the project. Definitely. I didn't get to see this when it was on stage. Um, so I'm glad it's getting some kind of adaptation. And it's also one of those that kind of a rare occurrence for me i feel like is gonna make a really great transition from stage to screen yeah yeah absolutely uh all right so let's dive into last week's broadway grosses and let me tell you friends it was not fun it was not good 
The total number of Broadway shows decreased from 23 to 22 following the closing of the piano lesson. Overall, the gross has dipped just about $2.2 million or 9%. Attendance dropped 5% to 195,520 people. Overall, Broadway brought in $23,518,702. And here's something that I'm sure has happened before, but I don't remember Mm. it ever happening. Yeah. Every single show on Broadway, except for three, saw week-to-week declines. So as I go through my list, and I always check to see how many shows were up and how many shows were down, only three were in the positive. One of them is Phantom of the Opera because, of course, it is ramping up towards its closing date. People who want to see it one last time are flooding in. Take Me Out in its final week grossed a little bit more than an extra $100,000 to come in at $732-ish thousand bucks last week. It, of course, closed on Sunday. So that makes sense for that. Yeah. The other one is between Riverside and Crazy, which only saw about yeah. a $15,000 increase. But that is also interesting because that marked the beginning of when it was being streamed Simulcast. as well. Yeah, exactly. So those ticket numbers do not apply to this. These are just actual people who go and see it at the Helen Hayes Theater. But I thought that was interesting okay. that even though it is being streamed, it still saw an increase in the number of people uh, coming and seeing Amazing. it. Amazing. It's almost like those two things don't affect one another. We should Crazy, do more huh? of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of note, of course, the Phantom of the Opera was the highest grossing show on Broadway at $2,616,850. It had a huge gap between that and Funny Girl, which was number two at $1.8 million. So $815,000 between the oh, first man, and second math. spot. That's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Hamilton came in third at $1,695,000, but I do want to note that their Wednesday matinee was at Edgeham. So that, of course, takes their, uh, yeah. uh, their revenue down quite a bit every time they do one of those, but still wonderful that they do it nonetheless. The exactly. rest of the top five is The Lion King at 1.59 million and MJ at 1.56. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are Wicked, Moulin Rouge, Cursed Child, Aladdin, and Juliet. A Beautiful Noise, which just announced uh, tickets going on sale through like January of 2024, I think. Good for that. Um, so that's on there. And then six rounded out the shows in the top uh, seven figures club. So overall, not a great week. That's to be expected. Yeah. We're going to start seeing a lot of shows uh, begin previews. So that will obviously change the math. Like, the literally a lot. These things. Yeah. So we'll see like how it goes. 17 or whatever. I keep have lost yeah, count. Like in the next five days. I feel like um, we're now in that sweet spot or not so sweet spot, I guess, between tourism season and spring openings where it's like dead, dead, dead. It's cold. People don't want to go out. I didn't no, want to go out. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's a story that is definitely a story, but I don't know what it means. On the okay. social media app, TikTok. Have you, have you heard of TikTok? Um, through the grapevine. Yeah. Grapevine is another great social media site. Is it? Um, no, I'm just made that up. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> current Funny Girl star Ramin Karimloo apparently did a FaceTime with his son Hadley. And in talking to his son Hadley, he filmed this. He had his son go and grab a box out of his, his closet in his bedroom. And he grabbed it 
pulled it out, and inside it had multiple former masks that, that Ramin has used playing the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera. He did it both uh, on Broadway mm. and in the West End. He helmed the 25th anniversary production at Royal Albert Hall. He even did the show, um, the sequel, Love Never Dies. He had his son kind of go through the masks and show them to him. He told him to put two of them away and keep one of them out. He said, quote, hold that for me. I'm going to need that. Ah. I, I don't know what that means. The West End production of Phantom just got a new Phantom in the past month or so. So I don't think he's going over there. Of course, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Phantom is getting ready to close on Broadway. Ramin could be going over there. I heard through the grapevine that the press rep Great for Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Very good. The, the press rep for Phantom had no idea that this was happening and there he, and they said that there was no current plans yeah. for Ramin to join uh, the show in New York as far as they knew, but this that version. No, well, that too, but also they said that there are no current casting plans to be announced for the closing performances on Broadway. Yeah. So it could be a thing where Ramin Ducks out a funny girl in late March, early April, does the show for a few weeks, and then comes back to funny girl. That yeah. would not be unprecedented. We see that all the time. Not. We see where like Derek Klenna went out to do um, Sunset Boulevard and, and do some other stuff before heading back to Moulin Rouge. So things like that happen all the time. Not confirmed, but no. I don't think Ramin does this. Without having something for attention. in plans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never, well, he never, does, do it for attention. never does anything for attention. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to get into that. Okay. So. <laughs> but no, I'm sure. Other- I'm sure even if it's like even shorter than a couple of weeks, you know, they're going to be ramping up all these special oh, yeah. events and casting and everything up to the quote unquote closing. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. we'll see him in some regard. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, some little bits of news here before we wrap up. This was something that I think had been long in the works, but it was officially announced yesterday that Barbara Streisand's first ever memoir, My Name is Barbara, will be released this year on November 7th. It is available for pre-order now in the U.S. and internationally. It's her first memoir, but memoir, but she did previously release a book in 2010 called My Passion for Design. So not a first-time author, Obviously, but a first-time yeah. memoirist. Um, also... The Share Show, which I mentioned earlier, will be launching its national tour in the fall of 2023. It had originally been slated to go out in 2020, but gestures wildly. Uh, it will now begin this fall, but no launch date or city has officially been announced. But it was included in the season announcement for the Adrian Arsht Center in Miami from January 2nd through the 7th, which means there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to spend the holidays or the first part of 2024 seeing the share show here, well, in, uh, <laughs> here in Orlando, because whatever they get, we usually get as well. So that will be very nice. You can consider this a recommendation, not sure if it'll be a feel good recommendation or not depending on how you feel about it but over at interview magazine a ah. tony nominated playwright jeremy o'harris interviewed potential future tony honoree leah michelle here's hoping uh, not and it was an interesting interview uh jeremy started off by going over to the august wilson theater to do the interview with her only to not realize despite the fact that it was confirmed in multiple emails that it would be a zoom interview so uh weird (laughs) yeah he says i literally in my brain had just decided that this was an irl meeting so i came all the way here because i'm crazy and i don't read emails that's funny relatable honestly yeah. yeah very relatable yeah so 
It's an interesting conversation. They do get into some of the muddier parts of Leah's past, talking about some of the issues she had with co-stars in Glee, and she talks about uh, the, having the grown muddy, up. The muddy parts, you mean? The abusive and racist parts, yeah. Well, they don't actually say that. <laughs> uh, Jeremy does a very- I'll do it for uh, Jeremy. Yeah, basically what he says is, speaking of some of the things that you processed with him, talking about Groff, they were just talking about Groff, people would be looking oh, at this no. interview with a lot of side-eye if I didn't ask you about the uh, about the things that came up in 2020 vis-a-vis your Glee castmates and some of the past relationships you had with people on set. He doesn't actually t- say anything. Like, he doesn't yeah. actually ask her any tough questions, which is why I kind of... <laughs> sure. It, it was left yeah. open to, <laughs> to muddy interpretation. Vis-a-vis some stuff that happened. Yes, so that is all there. Um, it, you know, I said this at the time when Leah was cast with Funny Girl. Did she do horrible things? I, I, I don't know, but I believe the people who say she did, so I'm going to say probably. Yeah. But I also think that these things happened when she was uh, presumably in her early to mid-20s. She is now a 36-year-old wife and a mother, and I think that we have to leave space for people to grow and deal with those things. And if she I agree. did do the things she says in the article that she's done, and she said, quote, I did a lot of personal reach-outs, if that's true, um, I appreciate her doing those things. She said the last time, too, and she did the New York Times fluff piece that they wrote before she went on Funny Girl, that she did a bunch of reaching out, and then all the people that accused her of being abusive and racist said, I never received anything. So I don't know. I, I, I'm i of the same boat, that of course I think people should have room to grow, and I can't wait for her to finally do that someday. <laughs> That's why I said, if she did the things yeah. she says that she did... <laughs> I'm I'm in support of her getting this. She's obviously crushing it over at the August Wilson because that show is selling like hotcakes. It is the number one show on Broadway side from Phantom right now. And if you would have told me that when Beanie Feldstein was in it, I wouldn't have believed you. But clearly, yeah. Leah Michelle and her incredible, undeniable vocal talent is uh, resuscitated life into that show. And who knows how long it will run. She did say that she plans on being in the show for a while. So take that for what We love worth. nothing more than an undeserved redemption arc. I mean, I can think of some other things that I love more. Well, um, but <laughs> the, nonetheless, the here's my editorial we. I've got a list of my oh, own, okay. obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's wrap up with an actual feel-good recommendation. This is not Thank something you. that I would have thought I would have felt good about. We got the trailer for the upcoming Paramount Plus series, Grease, colon, Rise of the Pink Ladies. And I don't know what I was expecting of this. Um, I guess I just kind of assumed this would be like a Disney Channel-esque musical. It's not. based. I mean, Mm. it might be in content, but like the trailer looks like a legit, well-produced – I mean, I hate to say like gritty reboot of Grease because like the actual origins of Grease were pretty gritty. But I mean, like, it does look like a legit film quality series that is going to be 10 episodes long. It'll Paramount? be launching on April 6th. Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so they've got the budget. Jack- yeah. But, but I mean, a lot of people have the budget, but they didn't, I just, I didn't expect this to be like yeah. prestige TVE. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, the feed, the, the trailer features a bunch of unknown people that I, I have unfamiliar with who are playing all the pink ladies. It also does feature, feature Jackie Hoffman who needs to stop ever tweeting Correct. or saying things in public ever again. I rescind and any kind thing that I've had to say about had, Jackie Hoffman in the past. 
we've had these conversations in the past. She's oh, yeah. always made me cringy Fair on enough. social media, but she's crossed some lines here recently. Um, but the trailer, so recently. like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it has me excited about it because it feels a little heavy handed at times, but like, I'm glad that this has a little bit more quality to it than just kind of like lowest common denominator. We're going to try to ride the nostalgia for the original film and then Grease 2, which actually does get a reference, uh, a subtle reference in the trailer. And um, this is a prequel. Obviously, this is why the Pink Ladies were formed. So this is like happening before the two movies, but nonetheless, pretty interesting. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>